This bonus episode of Hitting Play is brought to you by Brooklyn Beef Place. Oh, Australia, finally you can get yourself some Brooklyn-style cuisine right on your doorstep. Come down to the Brooklyn Beef Place. Our service is impeccable. Hi, I'd like to get a table. Hey, shut up! Just come on in and try one of our appetizers. Try beef dog, fries and junk, bowl of dumplings, chicken slices, and also the welcoming tomato ketchup daiquiri. Okay, is, is it really supposed to be this thick? Hey, don't worry. If that sounds like a lot of meat, we got a vegetarian option too. Um, I'll just have a salad. Oh, a salad! Look at this guy! Hey, Tony, what's a salad? I'm as far as it! Hey, you're crazy! Get out! Experience the real taste of Brooklyn. Like Thursday nights, it's fight night! Oh, ho Take him down to Chinatown! Um, but that's your own star? Hey, I know! I got 20 on Jimmy! So come on down to the Brooklyn beef place. It's so authentic, even your grandma won't know that it's... Been created by two Australian guys who've actually never been to Brooklyn. Hello and welcome to Hitting Play, the podcast where we review, analyze, and discuss shows, movies, and other curiosities. I am Scott, your co-host and moderator for this episode. Joining me is someone from the Massachusetts Brat and Punk Division, Lily. Why, hello there. Also joining us is our regional knifey spoony champion, Sean. That is true, three years running now. <laughs> and last but not least, this week we are joined by a very special guest. Joining us all the way from the great city of Melbourne, in the land down under, you may know him from his animations on Vine, you may know him from Max Payne 3, you also may know him as Max the Man at the Table from an episode of Danger 5, Hamish, welcome to Hitting Play. G'day, how you going? (laughs) (laughs) Is that what you were expecting? I could be more Australian if you need me to be. Uh, I'm in Australia. (laughs) <laughs> Just to prove I'm in Australia, I have to say I'm Australia. Unfortunately, I haven't got any didgeridoos playing in the background. Oh, oh man. I could if I want to. Do you, do you know how to play one? I did, no. <laughs> now, Hamish, let me ask you this. How many kangaroos are in your uh, general vicinity at the current moment? Um, well, there's a huge traffic jam at the front. It's chaos. It's ridiculous. No, <laughs> Right now, I think the, the nearest one is oh, in the zoo. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah, because right now I'm in just in the city. So if there's a kangaroo running around the city, it's usually news. So they don't they don't venture into the cities then? Uh, rarely. Uh, uh, I was wondering, yeah. We actually get foxes, actually, in, oh, coming okay. into the city. Now, what, what city are you in? Uh, I'm in Melbourne. Melbourne, yes. Yeah, no, Melbourne. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. That's... Kind of like Worcester here, Worcester. Yeah, I, I always is hate that... when, when cities are named in their regional dialect. <laughs> mm. Mm. Like over here, we have uh, it's spelt Worcester, but it's pronounced Wista. 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 Yeah. Wista. <laughs> so I always try to make sure I pronounce Melbourne and Brisbane correctly. Mm. Brisbane. 
Yeah. Sydney. Getting... <laughs> He's yelling out names now. <laughs> yeah. Adelaide. Yeah, that's one. That's one. That's yeah. a good one. So what's the capital of Australia again? Canberra. Oh. <laughs> you said it in such a strange way. It's Canberra. Canberra? Canberra. Canberra. Yeah, we just... Come on, we, come on we, Scott, get with it. We run it all together. It's just Canberra. 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 Yeah, Canberra. Oh, just wow. One, just put it all together like one huge word and slur it all together. Canberra. 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 Besides Canberra. the obvious one, the only Australian cities I know of are... And it's, I don't even know if it's a city. Is Woomera? Woomera? Uh, yeah. We have, a detention, we have a detention center out in Woomera. Oh. <laughs> 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 My dad I grew up there. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you know, you know, some of the facts about Australia. As long as you don't say Sydney is the capital of Australia. No, think, no. Which apparently is every establishing shot in every movie where they go to Australia and apparently it's just Sydney. That's it. Yes. Yes. There's no yeah. other locations, just Sydney. Especially when I think in Independence Day when they attacked Australia, it was just Sydney. So us and Melbourne were fine. <laughs> yeah, you're okay. <laughs> But Sydney's getting a huge UFO crashing on it, and we're sitting there going, well, we don't have to worry about Sydney anymore. We're fine. The rest of Australia's okay. We don't need Sydney. Nailed that opera house, but nothing else. Yeah. Basically, it's the opera house. It's uh, the bridge. That's it. That's all you need because, in Sydney. Because if that's, that's where aliens attack, they're going to hit the opera house first, because you know, it's the seat of power. Yes. Aliens it's, hate opera. Well, yeah. well. But no one's going to make that movie. No one's going to make uh, a huge UFO hang over a very... I guess quiet area of Australia. I I, I believe yeah, that's back somewhere. It's not going to sit there. Yeah. Uluru. No. <laughs> Uluru. What about it? There's going to be a sci-fi movie. What, like the rocks alive or something like that? Or something. <laughs> well, a UFO hanging over it. Sure, why not? Why can't the rock be the UFO? <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Oh god, I'm already writing a Michael Bay film. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we don't need that. We don't, we don't need an Australian mate. Well, no, a Michael Bay Australian film. That would be that would be the strangest thing ever. God, I mean, stranger <laughs> than Transformers and whatever Ninja Turtles is, is now. Oh, I don't, forget <laughs> yeah. mm. I don't know what Ninja Turtles is. It's just now a thing. I don't know. Yeah. It used to be a good thing. Now, not so much. Depends on which generation it is. I've gone to that point where it's like, oh man, you don't remember back in the day the classic, the classic movie with the suits and everything. Oh yeah. And oh yeah. That was great. I love that movie. That first now, one it was great. So you know, like the cartoon, right? Yeah. Well, I know about the cartoon. I know the many variations of the cartoon. Like it came back in two thousands. There was another version of it. Uh, there's also oh, yeah, been yeah. about I think three of the live action movies. Uh, another animated film which wasn't so good, so that's why I went on and they did another film. Uh, but yeah, I know of this. I'm quite geeky. Oh yeah, which is my... we are too. You're among friends, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's it's yes. funny because people assume that in Australia we don't get uh, as many things as you guys do. Uh, it's strange because like we actually do get quite a bit of everything here in Australia, uh, from I guess uh, British comedy shows to dramas to American TV shows. Uh, there are some American TV shows which we want you guys to keep, though, because they're just <laughs> ridiculous. I really do not understand the Big Bang Theory. I feel like really, not... I get it. I, I get the jokes, but I feel like it's gone on so long that they're now just selling other products within its show. It's like watching an, uh, a real-life episode of Think Geek, where they'll find the funniest, geekiest thing of the week and put it in the episode. Or because it's owned by was it Warner Brothers, they'll put in more DC-related material because they oh, can yeah. do that. Yep. 
so you know one week you'll have that character Sheldon talking about Batman while playing some sort of I guess Star Trek xylophone we'll say that <laughs> yeah. I'm you know, totally I with I, you I, I agree with you I'm, I'm totally over mm. the whole Big Bang Theory thing hmm it's gone on for quite a bit. I mean, like, it, it's funny, but I think after a while, you, it's like it's that canned laughter. It's that whole, you know, the vibe, and you know where it's going to go, and you sit there going, "Yeah, just hit the marks, keep going, just go to the next thing." And I don't know, I don't know. It's it's not for, not for me these days, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in American shows, they go as long, you know, they'll they'll last for for a while, and then they won't be funny anymore, and then they'll do like one or two more seasons after that. Mm, mm. Yeah, they go on for quite a bit, which is interesting because when you guys do uh, an Australian, well, no, uh, you take a version of an Australian show and you make it into your version, yeah, it goes on for quite a bit. And then the source material either gets, I don't know, it, it turns into its own thing, yeah. like like Wilfred, right? Wilfred had, I think, two seasons here in Australia, and it's, I think, six episodes each. And then it had, oh, God, was it how many seasons had it had over there recently? I think it started the fourth. Has it? I think so. Hmm. I could uh, check. Because, well, yeah, because that's interesting for us because we saw that show and it's a very black, kind of dark comedy. And then you see it done in the American version. It, it's lighter and has more kind of that zany feel about it because the guy uh, in the dog suit is still doing an Australian accent and not yeah. making reference to him being Australian. But he's able to still do the show and make it into a new version of what it was in Australia, which is interesting because it's like you get a second chance to do something completely different or do, I guess, the parallel universe version of your own work. Right, right. Which is interesting. I mean, you know, it, it's it's good that, you know, America can find a bunch of Australian shows, but also it seems odd that you guys don't want to just use the Australian products and just make, like, show it over there. Oh, I agree. I want the Australian versions. I don't want remade, repackaged. Mm. Uh, season four begins June 25th over here. Wow. Yeah. Good for him. <laughs> yeah. At least 10 yeah. episodes I see here. So yeah, wait, I mean... wait a second, wait a second. Does that mean that Australia is the United States parallel universe? Kind of, and not. <laughs> <laughs> because all our, our whole entire system is based off the English system. But it's like, how do I put it? It's like we have all the Australian, American shows that you guys have had, like Seinfeld or um, Friends, anything like that. Like we've had that kind of cultural icons come to us but i've also had you know things like uh have you ever seen black books anything like that no it, i it, haven't actually. it aired very very briefly on our comedy central like in the middle of the night and i never got to see it wow uh because the thing is it's it's we have this kind of crossroads i guess because we're getting a lot of uh bbc stuff and we also get a lot of american stuff so we have both sides of those things at the same time yeah uh while it seems like in america you guys only have uh, your American stuff, and you have bits and pieces of the British comedy scene, I guess, popping up here and there. Mm -hmm. uh, but in Australia, because we're I guess, much smaller, uh, we've seen every kind of British comedy show, like the IT Crowd, uh, Black Books, uh, Monty Python, or anything those in that kind of genre, even Doctor Who. Like, we've had classic Doctor Who here for years. Uh, and it's interesting to see that the Americans get Doctor Who, and we're sitting here going, we've seen it. We've, you guys are getting hyped about Doctor Who, but we've seen it. We've seen it like for years and years and years. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so it's interesting because like we're getting yeah British comedy and British drama and uh, American comedy and American drama uh, at the same time. So we kind of have a, a combined knowledge of both these sides. So yeah, it, it's 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 quite interesting, especially now with Netflix that we've just gotten here. I think well, a couple of months ago. So we are able to watch as many shows as you guys really. And you're, you're able to see the, was it, 
English or British versions of the shows that you guys remade or might know of, like, uh, was it House of Cards? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've heard yeah. good things about the British House of Cards. I just haven't watched it. Yeah, we had that here when it, I think, first came out. And, yeah, it was interesting to see that when they remade it for the uh, American audiences, it works because the structure of the show is very much, uh, I guess, relatable and you can change it for modern times. So it still works. It's just an yeah. interesting thing to watch. Well, my, my wife is a big fan of... Um... I like it too. The uh, Friny Fisher Mysteries, which is an Australian yeah, that's actually show. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's so actually... that's, that's that's on Netflix. That's very uh, very good, very well done. Yeah, it's it's interesting to see that because like Period without piece, ne- yeah. without Netflix uh, shows like that. I mean, we have a lot of costume dramas here and there. Like there's another show called uh, Doctor Blake Murder Mysteries. Mm-hmm, yeah, uh, I guess in the same sort of vein as uh, Friny Fisher. But yeah, it's interesting because like since Netflix came out, people are finding all these little shows and. You know, it's getting this huge appeal, which again draws attention to Australia because we're sitting here going, "Well, we're making it for our market." But then, when it's being sold, I think we also sold it over to uh, the BBC because they love costume dramas. Oh yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's new because like uh, a lot of shows have now gotten this new attention, and even though it's been like oh, a couple of months or a couple of years since it's actually gotten any attention, uh, it's it's just picked up like tremendously um which is great because especially other shows like like danger five uh one of those locally made australian shows uh they have been around here for a while and then netflix comes along and then this huge market opens up and you know americans are able to access it whenever they want uh whichever time they want and so there's no there's no longer that kind of you have to watch it at three o'clock in the morning on some channel 65 and yeah, you have yeah. to be tape or if you can't watch it you'll tape it later and then you have to tell your friends about the guys you have to watch your show it's great if you have good reception you can watch it you know it's yeah. now just go online watch it here you go well, that's really the i think we can all agree that's really the future of um broadcast tv and i think the the networks are especially the major ones here in the states you know nbc and abc cbs the foxes they're uh, starting to get on board and having mm. um, on-demand streaming because they realize that normal broadcasting, like you're bringing out, is is pretty much a it's going to be a dying or it's if it's not already a dead medium. Um, people aren't going to put up with it when they have a Netflix type environment, you know, where they can go on demand and watch whatever they want whenever they want. So yeah. for a whole lot um, cheaper. For a whole lot cheaper, and they could it, they could pick what they want. They don't have to buy a cable package. I don't know what it's like in Australia, but here it's like we're limited to. It's really monopoly. We have, um, you know, like we're limited to one cable company, basically where we all are on the eastern coast uh, seaboard of the United States, and we have no besides satellite. We have no real choice that's realistic for us to go to another cable provider. So the t- uh, tide is changing, I guess you can say, with broadcast TV. Oh yeah, mm. my family is. Um, they're gonna cancel our cable within the yeah. next couple months because it just makes more sense to just watch Netflix or Hulu or Crunchyroll, what have you, all at no, the same H- time for cheaper. HBO has their own, you know, on-demand streaming service, and they're all it's all going that direction. Next five, ten years, if not sooner, you know, it's going to be really hard, I think, to find decent broadcast TV like we're used to seeing. Okay, now, Hamish, I have to ask you about Danger 5. This is... One of the many Australian shows that you have made me aware of over the past year, year and a half. I, I have so to you ask. Should. Yes, and w- what's your involvement with the show? Because I was very surprised to see uh, that you were in an episode as an extra. How did that all hmm. come about? Um, 
Well, the thing is, like, with uh, Danger 5, uh, we've known about it for quite a while now. Uh, like, they did Series 1, which is... It's a great piece. It's, a, it's an amazing work, because there are people who have watched it, and they actually literally thought it was from the, the 1960s, 1970s time period. Uh, to anyone who hasn't actually seen Danger 5, it's it, the first... There's Series 1 Series 2. Series 2 recently came out this year. But Series 1 set in a kind of... Uh, I guess it's called a mixture of kind of spy, a 60s, 70s spy... TV show mixed with a bit of Thunderbirds in there as well because you, yeah. you have a gang of five five people of spies. Uh, we are working towards a common goal, which is defeating Hitler. And you know, it, it's it's a great premise for it has that kind of in a way get smart feel about it, where you know each week you have uh, a ridiculous Hitler plan, like making golden super weapons, and then the team having to work out how to you know stop him. It's great. It's got that kind of Saturday morning quality about it. And the thing is, like, I, I remember the show and the guys who created uh, David Ashby and Dario Russo, uh, uh, they're great fans of that kind of genre. And they made something prior to this called Italian Spider-Man, which started as a trailer. If you've seen around. <laughs> oh, I've, I've seen that, yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. The trailer for that is Italian Spider-Man and then actually made a, a full short film you actually can find online. And... The thing about it is that it's it's got the same hallmarks of, of Danger Five, and this kind of unique spin of comedy. And what they were doing, they were making uh, how do you put? It? It's, it's like you know we have a, a knockoff version of a character made by another country. That's what Italian Spider-Man is. It's like you take the elements of you know what Spider-Man is like by name, and then create whatever else you like out of it. So you have like you know scenes of Italian Spider-Man smoking while playing cards, and then he just flips over the table and pulls out a shotgun. <laughs> and the action sequences in it are very authentic of the time. And that's the thing, these guys know how to make an authentic piece and really fool you into believing something uh, like this exists. And the thing is, it's not done in a parody sense. It's done like if you made this piece of work for that time period and you know this is what you can do. I mean, there are a lot of other things out there which do parody, but they kind of spend a lot of time winking at the camera. Uh, but with Danger 5, it, it's a lot of these characters live in this world and they just deal with these problems as they come along. Like in, what was it, Police Squad, you know, Frank oh, yeah. Dwebin. Frank Dwebin doesn't actually make comments about the things around him. He just kind of reacts as a cop because he's a cop. Uh, and that's kind of like the mentality you get from uh, Danger 5. So uh, they made Series 1 and I was a fan of it and I was doing little Vine videos here and there. And it's been a long time since they actually done anything after that. So uh, there was only a bit of rumbling here and there that they're going to do a series two, and they're going to set it in the eighties. But prior to that, I was just kind of going, "Well, no one's doing, you know, talking about this piece of Australian Australian product." Uh, so I decided to make these little Vine videos based off their show, uh, of series one predominantly, because you know, uh, like Star Trek, how they had you know a Saturday morning cartoon versions of their own show, mm-hmm. or you know, Ghostbusters had a Saturday morning cartoon version of their show. Uh, my premise was basically taking bits of their show and making a Saturday morning cartoon version of their program. Uh, as in like, you know, they're trying to keep the product going, but, you know, they haven't got the budget like they used to, so they just make really crudely made cartoons. <laughs> uh, yet my ones involve a bit of hyper-violence. But the thing is, yeah, I, I decided to make this little series called Saturday Morning Danger 5 because I thought, you know, just be something, just a good kind of... Uh, thing just to keep the whole thing alive you know in the minds of some people who ever who any Australians who come across it because to me it's just you know, like a little Australian program and I love it it's great yeah uh, but then you know they mentioned they're doing series two and then they started doing production series two and I was doing these videos at the same time as doing series two uh, and via Twitter 
they actually found me via Twitter when I was posting their things up and they got in contact with me saying, well, we like your stuff. We think it's actually funny and interesting, which is interesting because like I admire their work. And so yeah. having them going, oh, we think your stuff is actually quite funny. And so it, it started off with the multimedia manager, was it, uh, was it Matt Tarrant, the magic Matt Tarrant, who actually is, he's doing the uh, multimedia side for their, their show, but he also is a magician, by the way. If you look him up, he's a talented magician you know, huh. in Australia at the moment. Yeah, he's he basically, he, he's a good, he's an interesting guy. You know, he's a, he's a magician, but he's really putting himself out there at the moment. Anyway, um, so what happened was that uh, they had a competition where they could get you know people to come to the show and be an extra for a day uh, and he, he apparently someone dropped out two people dropped out and Matt was originally contacted me saying oh we'll send you some stuff we'll send you like uh, danger 5 uh, logo and some stuff but then he got in contact me again so like hey two people have dropped out would you like to be on the show and I was like yes oh wow and the thing is they uh, they filmed the show up in Adelaide and Adelaide is, you know, it's it's funny because like Adelaide is very flat compared to I guess Melbourne and Sydney. Uh, but it's a little studio they have out in Adelaide, and I went around there and I got to be in a wedding scene, which was in episode one, series two. Uh, so I'm up there as one of the I think best men near Tucker. But the thing about it was that when you meet the guys, they're just they're, they're just very friendly, solid guys. And especially this day, because uh, what they were doing was the wedding scene, and instead of hiring a bunch of random extras, they actually hired their friends and they brought in their parents. Huh. So I got to meet David Ashby's mom and dad, and uh, was it Tucker's? No, uh, David, uh, Dario Russo's mom and dad. Well, Dario Russo's dad is Hitler. Oh, really? Yeah. He oh, okay. Hired, he basically got his dad to play Hitler. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. And the thing about it is that. You know, I had a conversation with him. I had a chit-chat with him between uh, takes, and he's a good guy. He's a solid guy. He's a, he, I think he's a, he's a retired uh, guitar teacher. Huh. And, yeah, he's just a nice guy. Not the not the megalomaniac Hitler kind of character at all. He's just yeah, well, a genuine kind of nice guy to talk to. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it was funny that day because you get to meet all their parents, and, you know, I get to meet uh, Sean James Murphy's parents. Um who plays Tucker on the show. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even though you think he's very handsome on that show, even more handsome in person. <laughs> he's, he's intimidatingly handsome. God. Especially for a, a redhead. You know, uh, a tall Australian redhead. Just a nice guy. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was interesting getting to put on that show because the scene I'm in is just the wedding and it, there's a, um, a very Australian thing that happens where prawns attack the team. Uh, but one thing they don't show you in the, in the, in the episode, in that episode is that in front of us, they made it very authentic because in front of us, we all had prawn cocktails, actual prawn cocktails, not fake. Uh -huh. These were actually fresh. Well, I think fresh for the day. And so we're in this small little uh, studio as they're filming with hot lights on these prawns. And if you've ever been stuck with seafood that you're not eating, by the way, it's just sitting in front of you. And it's under hot lights. Ugh. The whole room started to smell very fishy, very seafoody, very authentic. <laughs> so you know you had to kind of, you know, if they, when they had a break, you kind of left to go gasping for some air, which was it, it was great. I mean, it, the, the way they make the show is very authentic and is very much filled with you know a, a true passion for this sort of stuff. I mean, they they make it to a point where it feels like 
they're actually making something of that time uh, now because you can still make those things now. Yeah. You can still use just typical tricks. You can still use physical props and physical locations and stuff like that. Oh, they didn't use physical locations. They're using one set. But um, yeah, it's very tra traditional the way they make it. And the thing that's inspiring about it is it's very uh, achievable. Like if you're a young filmmaker who wants to make something, you can make it. You can make Danger 5. You can put it together. I mean, you will need money, obviously, but you don't need crazy... Yeah, CGI special effects. Yeah. Uh, to achieve that kind of look, because it in the second series is set in the eighties, oh, I think eighties, nineties ish period. Uh, they make it look very authentic. And it look, it looks fantastic. And yeah, talking to the guys about it, because I was in between a take and I got to speak with uh, David Ashby, who plays Jackson, which is funny because you see Jackson in series one compared to series two, he does look different because he got older. But mm -hmm. what I did was I showed my friend Italian Spider-Man, and the guy who plays Italian Spider-Man is David Ashby, who you know has a lot more size to him. Uh, and then you see him in Danger 5 in the first series. He's very thinner, svelte. He looks like a classic hero character. Yeah. And I showed my friend this, and she was like, that's two different people, right? I'm like, no, no, it's the same person. And she's like, what? He's like, so handsome. Look at him. And that's it. The look of the show really comes together because it's you know they have a great team of people who understand that kind of time period and understand how to get the costuming together because it's it's that kind of sensibility like they really put a lot of themselves in this show because uh, uh david ashby and dario russo are the writers of the show and dario also did the music for the show which you can get on itunes by the way and it's fantastic stuff series one is perfect and series two has that has they have to make a bunch of fake 80 songs as well because obviously there's a bunch of 80 songs of the time but they're all yeah. licensed but he has some sort of either he he sold his soul to devil because he the music is very authentic and he's doing two different time periods so if you get series one and series two you listen to him it, it's great stuff he, he's really made something really original especially for tv as well these are just yeah. 30 minute episodes and he's made this you know these quality tracks um but also yeah, the, the two guys are working it very hard, especially... Uh, there's a scene in Series 2 with any of the animation that's done in the show is done by uh, David Ashby. Because oh, he, wow. he, he got... Uh, they, cause they met in uh, university and they, he was learning to do uh, animation. And so there's a whole fight sequence, like a kind of arcade fighter sequence in Episode 2 of Series 2, which is fantastic, but it was made by him as well. And so... They put a lot of themselves, a lot of time, a lot of energy into it, and it's, and it's a great piece of work. And, you know, it's it's for an Australian piece of work, yeah, you, we're completely proud of it. Especially now it's on Netflix, because yes. it's, it's Series 1 came out and it was on Hulu, and you could get it on iTunes. But again, it didn't have too much of a broad appeal, because not many people were able to access it that much. And then Series 2 came out, and then around about Series 2, they also released it on Netflix. So now there's this huge influx of people... Uh, jumping on top of it and going, wow, this is insane Australian show about people fighting Hitler in <laughs> you know the 60s and the 80s. Yeah, it's a great piece. Um, but yeah, I think it, it, it's. I hope they make more stuff like that. Not exactly like that because I guess it gets very tiring for making that kind of period piece and having to actually think of you know certain jokes of the time. Yeah. But it feels like they didn't like they didn't really need to sell too much of the 80s too. It's you know, it, they just set the characters in the 80s. Uh, there are a couple of... Like, each episode has a certain... I guess a certain theme about it. Like, there's a time travel episode in Series 2 where the original team go back in time and meet the... Well, the uh, team go back in time and meet the original team back in World War Two. 
So huh. you actually have a time travel episode where you have the original Danger 5 meeting the new Danger 5. And I have to say new Danger 5 because uh, if you haven't seen Series 2, something is different about Pierre. Okay, so we all, well, we only have Series 1 here on Netflix. That's all we have for now. Oh, well, yeah. uh, you should go around and find Series 2 because it's an interesting adventure in itself. It is it is really good because the guys, they, don't, they have a certain <laughs> writing style. But um, I'm not going to spoil Series 2 too much. No, please but, don't. Uh, there is some great shake-ups. Uh, again, it's a different flavor to Series 1, and that's the best thing about it because they can do two different styles. So they're not locked into doing one style. They do two greatly different styles, and it has a different flavor about it. Because Series 1 is basically uh, single episodes, like single adventures in episodes, and Series 2 is a more of a long format kind of setup. Uh, but it's a great adventure. But in Series 2, Series 2 has got to be my favorite episode because it takes place in uh, high school. And they go through a lot of high school cliches. <laughs> um, especially there's the the principal headmaster played by uh, Sean McAuliffe, who is a great Australian comedian. If you ever oh, yeah. find yourself... If the link, I guess send you more links to him. Cause he's yeah, just, you've sent me a lot of his stuff yeah. over the years, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 he's great. He's the he's one of the funniest Australians that we've had because his humor is um, a little bit oddball, very much uh, in the vein of Monty Python, in a way. Uh, if you look on YouTube, you'll find a show called the McAuliffe Pogram. I'm not saying it wrong. It's written like that for a reason. <laughs> but he, it's a sketch show he did on a, a ABC here in Australia uh, called the McAuliffe Pogram of a bunch of sketches, and it's great because it's kind of this kind of faux talk show. And it's, and it's really on point, too. It, it's great. He He's still working today, and he's been doing like little bits and pieces here and there, little projects, but nothing will compare to his great work of the McAuliffe program because those sketches were fantastic and amazing. And it's strange because like I, I think he's great, and Australia think he's great as well. And the thing about it is like with he, uh, he actually liked Danger 5 uh, when he first saw, he saw the first episode of it and emailed them. And the thing is, those guys, David Ashby and Dario Russo, are huge fans of his. Oh, so wow. having a guy recognize his work, or their work, uh, was just amazing. You know, it's great to have, you know, someone who recognizes this kind of stuff as unique and talented uh, work. Like them seeing your vines. Well, the thing is, like, when um, I was talking to David in, uh, during a between takes, he mentioned that he, because yeah, like, I was thinking, ah, they probably saw it and they thought it was funny, but he actually referenced one of my things when he talked like, oh wait, you did that one with, um, what was it, I was using Rudolf Hess as a robot, because I thought you know, it would be funny to have Rudolf Hess as a robot killing people, <laughs> just because I thought it'd be funny, uh, because the thing is, yeah, he was like, oh, you did the thing with the robot and stuff like that with the vine, I was like, yeah, and the thing about it was that he he's such a fun guy, he's like a, he's like a He's a good mate. You meet, meet him, and he's just like a good, relaxed kind of guy. And as soon as he, you know, he was talking to me, he's like, "Wait, I got to show you something." Took me to the, I guess, arts and crafts section of the uh, building, because uh, the the place they feel actually is more about this show. God, so there's too much stuff to talk about because these guys are they oh, utilize everything, everything in their show. <laughs> but um, uh, especially for the school episode. But no, he took me to the the product, the props department, and they showed me. Oh god! I can't tell you because you have to see series two. He showed me a huge secret about series two. I was like, "What? This is this is crazy." He's like, "Yeah, we we do this." I'm being very broad of what I'm saying because yeah, yeah. I don't want to ruin it for you guys. Um, but he, yeah, he showed me this thing, and because I couldn't, I couldn't talk about it because like I knew what was going to happen on the show, so I had to wait for the show to come out before I could tell people because uh, we're, we're we're keeping an eye on certain things because they don't want to spill the beans about you know what's going to yeah. happen on the show, especially because it's now um. 
a long format kind of show. But no, um, in episode two, my episode episode two of series two is the best because beyond the doing the typical kind of John Hughesy style of school, you have a bunch of Australians doing American accents. By the way. So, you know, instead, instead of the other way around where you have like an Australian being an American, um, you'll have a whole bunch of Australians doing rubbishy American accents. Uh, but there's a, the, there's a, there's a, the whole thing takes place in a school, right? And they actually had to create a school because you can't just hire a school because it's very expensive. And these, these guys are on a certain budget. Uh, what they did was repainted the actual studios to look like a school. Oh, wow. So we walked in and it looked like a high school. So the area that they used just where they walk around between, um, what was it, a makeup and props department? No, the entire section looks like a school. It's even been dressed up to look like a school and it had lockers and things like that. And yeah, it's like it looks completely odd, but like they're utilizing everything, and so they're pretty clever in what they're doing, and they really want to make us an like an authentic feel to their show, and it's great. I mean, it, even for the miniatures that they use in the show, which are very you know Thunderbird esque. Yep. Uh, the whole thing looks just. I mean, you you know it's outlandish, but it's great. It just has a, a a great flavor about itself. Yeah, they they definitely nail that time period. That's one thing I noticed. It reminded me of the the last episode of Mystery Science Theater. Did you ever see that show, Mystery Science Theater Three Thousand? Oh yeah, you... yeah. They had that. that we I think we had that done. Yeah, we had it on cable. Yeah, yeah. The last episode is a, a movie called Danger Diabolic or Diabolique. I'm not sure which way it's pronounced, but it just reminded me of that movie. It's so funny. Uh, mm. they, they definitely nail it. And like you said, it's 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 certainly a passion project of theirs. They're, Ashby and Russo, their names are all over the credits, I, mm. I noticed at the end. Like you said, music and everything in between. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's think, like they, they, they have a, a passion for this stuff. And, you know, whatever they work towards, I mean, whatever they do next after Danger 5, uh, I hope it's going to be amazing. But also for the fact that now Danger 5 is being noticed more overseas, uh, thanks to Netflix, you know, maybe we'll see a third series. Maybe not. Uh, Because he, they basically mentioned recently, they said like, oh, series two would probably be the last series. Yeah. But um, we don't know. (laughs) I mean, they can always, it's their product. They can do whatever they like with it. Uh, they can, you know, create something new. I hope they do something amazing next. I mean, something else and keep going and keep going, keep going. Cause you know, there's only been a few Australian products here that I've been hyped about. Like, you know, I, I mean, we've made a lot of Australian product, Australian shows here, but no, I've, I've never been that hyped about a show like danger five, which is, I think because it's just the creativity and it's just the genius of what they're making. I think yeah. it's amazing. I think it's fantastic because you don't need to spend thousands of dollars and use computer graphics to sell a product. You just have to have good writing and have fun. And this show came around about the same time of, of all these other shows trying to be gritty and serious and trying to be, you know, uh, not fun in the typical sense of fun. It's like, feels like canned fun. Like, you know, um, yep. like Big Bang Theory. Um, if I was comparing Danger 5 and Big Bang Theory, you really can't because... No. <laughs> yeah. Big, Big Bang Theory has a kind of uh, structure to it, and then Danger Five has this kind of just like we'll blow a character up today. We'll have a tank come through a wall. <laughs> you know, Hitler's going to steal someone's soul. You know, something like that, where you know, just some fun, you know, stuff from you won't even understand, won't even imagine happening will happen, and that's good. It's it's escapism. We need more escapism. Yes. Well, I think that's pretty much going to do it for this episode of Hitting Play. Uh, I just want to say uh, you can always email us with your comments, suggestions, Australian beer suggestions, whatever you got for us at hittingplayshow at gmail.com. And you can always talk to us on Twitter at Hitting Play. 
Now, now, Hamish, how can people find some of your great work and uh, find you online? Uh, internet. There you <laughs> no. go. <laughs> there you go. That's broad. No. Um, well, you can find me, basically, you can find me on Vine, at Silent Hamish, uh, Twitter, Silent Hamish. Uh, you can find me on the street if you come to Australia. Just don't be weird about it. Uh, no, yeah, basically, yes. Uh, you can find me on, uh, this is me looking for my notes. Uh, yeah, on Twitter at Silent Hamish, Vine at Silent Hamish, Instagram Silent Hamish, on uh, Tumblr at I think Silent Hamish Art. If you want to see some of the bizarre stuff which I've uploaded, um, yeah, basically that's where you can find me. Now, Lily, you got anything to plug? Um, you can find me on YouTube, uh, LilyPushin22, if you enjoy video games or anything of the sort. Um, I've got the same handle on Twitter, so those are the two places you could probably reach me the best. Sean? Shout out to Outback Steakhouse and <laughs> the great Commonwealth of Australia. Thank you. Visit oh, everyone, please. <laughs> we'll make a note person. of that. Yep. <laughs> we'll make a note. Yeah, I'll let them know. Also, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, and if you like the show, please leave us a five-star review. It helps us out, and if you do, you will get a shout-out on the show, and we try to definitely be creative with those. You can also tap to rate us on the iTunes page. You can give us five stars there as well. And, uh, yeah, anything that you do will be appreciated. Well, this was great, Hamish. This was uh, definitely a treat, and uh, I thank you for taking the time to uh, join us to uh, set set the matter straight when it comes to Australian culture. Uh, I, I feel like I've done more damage than good, actually. So <laughs> I feel like I'm, I've done a disservice to my country. <laughs> no, no, no. You might no get worries, deported. Thanks. I don't know. Oh, God, where else can they send me? <laughs> New Zealand. <laughs> oh, there's no, plenty no, of room no. over here. Oh, they could probably send me to Tasmania. Yeah, there you go. There's always openings out Outback Steakhouse. They always need a good waiter, so. <laughs> no, no, probably, probably as I'm Australian, I'd walk in like, hi, I'm Australian, can I get a job? And it's like, no, you're too Australian. It's like, oh, <laughs> True. <laughs> well, we have been Hamish, Lily, Sean, and Scott, and this has been Hitting Play. Thank you so much for listening. Hey, what are you doing? You talking Australia? Oh! <laughs>